0: Hello and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. We're back again. I'm James Kay and as always, Ryan McGowan. How are you, Ryan? I'm very good, I'm very good. How are you? I'm very good. Tired, I think. Just always tired. I've gone back to work and I haven't really I've got back into the swing of it, but also I haven't got used to being constantly tired yet, so Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just
1: I, I I remember when we um when we worked at the dungeon in London and you do like a Remember, like, it was, like, half terms and, like, summer peak and all this stuff, and you were just Mm. constantly on your feet, just working, 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 and then as soon as that half term was over, everyone, you you all get sick, like, your body's just like, oh, I can relax now, and you get ill. Yeah,
0: yeah, always the way, I'm waiting for it to happen, I haven't touched wood, gotten ill so far, but it'll happen, because I am always on my feet, and I'm doing, like, 20,000 steps a day, and I'm just not meant for that, I like to sit, (laughs) but... (laughs) This is the world I live in now, talking of sitting, you sit in cars, and that's my segue in today's episode. Nice. Uh, so I've been mentioned. I think i will be teasing it for a few weeks, to be fair, that I was going to do Enzo Ferrari, it's been on the mind, and if you have been waiting for it, the wait is no more, you're here, you're listening to it, you've arrived at your destination. This is Enzo Ferrari, an episode all about the man who created the, probably the most famous car brand of all time. Mm. So... Without much further ado, let's dive into him. Dive into him? That sounds weird. Let's dive into it. I'm really tired. I'm so sorry. (laughs) One of the most driven men of all time, if you'll pardon the pun. I'm going to start off with a bit of humour. I'm sure it's agreeable that Ferrari is one of, if not the most famous makers of car in the world. And everyone's familiar with the bright red cars. However, the man uh, who began making these cars was also a very interesting bloke. So even if you don't like cars, stick around because he's got a pretty interesting life. A A lot happens. Enzo Ferrari, cool name, was born in Medina in Italy in February 1898. His mother came from quite a wealthy family of landowners, whilst his father had his own mechanic workshop, supplying parts to national railways, because obviously cars at that point weren't really... They were there, sort of, but they weren't really a thing. Yeah. Enzo loved sports and wrote a piece on football, and then he decided he wanted to be an opera singer, which to me just screams stereotypical Italian. Yeah. Because when you think of (laughs) opera singer, you just think Italians.
1: Yeah, I can just imagine that he's auditioning for his opera with, like, a wearing a pizza as a hat and just, like, got spaghetti around his neck as a necklace.
0: That is the most stereotypical Italian of all time. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that must be, like, one of the most racist things we've said on the show. Probably. Can you be racist against Italians? Probably. No, you can't be racist. It's not a... You can be xenophobic against Italians. Okay, it was the most xenophobic thing I've ever said on the show. (laughs) Wait till we talk about more
1: French people. We've spoke about quite a few French people, to be fair.
0: Yeah, we're going to get the Italians coming at us with complaints and they're going to be directed to you. I have no beef with Italians. I think you're great. <laughs> Although you do eat too much meat and fish. But we will I don't want to go on a vegan rant today. I can't be asked. So God. he went to the theatre both to watch it and to take part and he fell in love both with the art form and the women involved. He realised that a lot of the women in um, opera choirs, opera shows, whatever you may call them, were very attractive and he wanted a piece of that. So, Brilliant. He was still like a teenager at this point, by the way. So he decided to get involved because he thought if he was there singing with them, he would get some. Yeah, he's so it's smart. Not, it's not a bad way of going about things, to be honest with you. It, it really isn't. <laughs> Just going <laughs> as the kind, caring artist of all oh, the world. I'm so worldly. I'm. It's and so true. They lap it up. It's so true. Like you get, you see in all these um, like American uh,
1: school films you know like high school films and whatever american
0: pie the most famous one he literally joins a, a choir to sleep with a girl
1: exactly that right there's a stereotype that you know you, you see all these like lads or whatever that do like the arts or drama at school and then like you get all the jocks and all the sports lot when i was at school you were called gay and i'm like listen lad i'm not being funny but like i'm about to get ready for the show and we all like actors are some of the most weird like people ever they just get naked in front of each other all the time yeah i never got used to that no no and it's like dude like, I've probably, like all right, if, oh, i don't know if you're talking blokey for a bit it's like dude i've seen more girls than you've ever seen in your lifetime because all you see is like other lads just getting like <laughs> undressed after playing football i've just done a mm. play
0: where i got to kiss a girl <laughs> exactly that's why we all do it for the women he says, yeah. Yeah. very cripplingly alone. If <laughs> that, there are any no you know women what? out there, hit me up. I have my own yeah. podcast.
1: Yeah, although to be fair, James, it, in the current climate, it's probably not good to say the reason I do performing arts is because I get to kiss girls. No, you shouldn't say that. I've, I've got my hands on my head thinking that's an awful thing to say. There's a big movement against that, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. It's not good.
0: Uh, who's that? Noel Clark. Oh, God. No. Oh yeah. To be fair, I've had a funny feeling about him for a very long time. He always comes across very standoffish. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah, it 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 doesn't surprise me. What an asshole! Absolute but, asshole. But yeah. Anyway, when uh, when Enzo Ferrari was a kid, <laughs> that wasn't a, this a was. Thing. But this was like early nineteen hundreds, so there was no such thing as women empowerment in those days. No, women couldn't vote then. No. I don't know what it was like in Italy, but they were fascists at that point, so I don't think could anyone vote. I don't fucking know. Mm. I didn't really delve into the history of Italy. I did that too much with ancient Rome. I imagine it changed since then. Anyway, (laughs) Enzo loved racing around the streets on his roller skates and also his bike. He had a need for speed, as it were. He enjoyed going fast. In 1908, Enzo was taken by his father, Alfredo, to a motor race, and Enzo became infatuated. Fast forward to 1915. World War One. In 1916, the world saw a horrible flu outbreak, can't speak, outbreak, which claimed the life of Enzo's brother and his father. The family business collapsed and Enzo became the breadwinner from the family. However, he soon was drafted into the army and it was his duty to tend to the donkeys and horses used to carry equipment up the Alpines. So he was kind of a mechanic just for livestock. Oh, right, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah he it was it was it was in the transport industry just not engines yeah i mean to be honest, you did not want to be
1: in the italian army during world war 1 they were notoriously bad
0: yeah really bad um and in 1918 enzo was one of the first people to get spanish flu which obviously i think we've all heard of nowadays because it keeps oh, yeah. being referred back to because it was kind of like the last major pandemic i guess Yeah. Um, yeah. luckily because he was one of the first he got his treatment and was discharged from the army and everything was cool so yeah he survived Spanish flu not like millions and millions of other people who at the time if you're anti-mask just look at the fucking Spanish flu they wore masks in 1918 no one's trying to control you no one's trying to steal your fucking identity they've been (laughs) used for years you fucking idiots I say this because I work in a place where you have to wear masks and people just argue it all the time like they're God's gift to the fucking universe wear your mask it's not hard. It's not fucking hard. It doesn't reduce your oxygen. If you think that, you, you, you're you a fucking, you a cunt. Oh, there's, been, just,
1: there's been loads of uh, I... studies coming out with like doctors and whatnot running their own marathons
0: wearing a mask. If it reduced oxygen, you wouldn't let surgeons operate on you with a mask on. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> it would just, you wouldn't happen. Just think, think a bit of critical thinking. I don't know why I've gone on a rant here, but even in plague times, they had masks. Yeah, they were scary as fuck, but they still had them. I'd argue they were cooler. But they were cooler, but I think um, some bloke tried wearing one during lockdown, and people were like, "That's awful." Yeah, because obviously it was a joke. Like, that's awful. You can't do it. Scared
1: Yeah,
0: but I think I think it's hilarious. i will put like peppermint at the end of mine. I think but really nice. <laughs> yeah. So where was I? He moved back to Italy to Turin. Enzo was denied a job with Fiat a famous car brand still around today um Fiat 500 girls are renowned <laughs> in the UK I don't I don't know if it's the same in like American stuff but in the UK and I imagine Italy as well there is a Fiat 500 car and every time you see a Fiat 500 it will be dri- being driven by a girl in their mid 20s yeah,
1: yeah a, a a really petite white girl who's been it's been bought by her dad
0: yeah the Fiat 500s in in England have a big connotations around them That's it's so I, I walked past a um like a it was just come pulling off a motorway and there was like a dip into like a, a ravine and i looked down there's loads of police tape and there's just a fiat 500 down there and my initial reaction was reaction was just <laughs> typical like typical it had to be
1: i thought that was just like an essex theme because i'm not joking james every single girl in essex their first car is a fiat 500 and it's white
0: no no they uh It happens here as well. I work with a couple of people, lovely people, absolutely lovely people, and they have Fiat (laughs) 500s, but they themselves are self-professed, like, they're basic. They've said it themselves, but they're not. They're really deep like complex people, but I tease them regularly that their car is basic as fuck. Yeah, I love that. But then I say that from a position of, I don't own a car, so I'm the loser here. Well, at least you don't have a Fiat 500. At least I don't have a Fiat 500. I've never seen a man drive a Fiat 500 ever. No,
1: unless unless it's the Abarth version, which is a sporty version. Now, I quite like my mm. cars. So this may come out a bit during the episode, but yeah, get the Abarth version of the Fiat 500. Or
0: he's like driving it for his daughter somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, well, no, he's just delivering it to the uh, to the drive for her birthday with a big bow on it.
0: Yeah, Fiat 500s, amazing. And Enzo Ferrari was denied a job with this company. Cracking. He instead went to a much smaller company as a test driver and later a racing driver. And turns out he was pretty good and came in respectable places in local and national races. So good, in fact, he was hired by Alfa Romeo, which I'm sure everyone's heard of. Still a car brand today. Yeah, Alfa Romeo. Not as big as it used to be, but I think it's still there. Oh,
1: it's pretty cool. Like, uh, was it the Top Gear crew or now the Grand Tour crew? Jeremy Clarkson says you cannot be a petrol head if you've never owned an Alfa Romeo
0: Mm, they are very p- famous cars i think quite unreliable if i remember but yeah nice. i've
1: heard that, that that mainly italian cars are quite unreliable but god alfa Romeos are a beautiful
0: mm. he was driving are you ready for this a six liter engine uh which that's good crazy and in this car he had a bad accident where he dodged some animals on the track and crashed off road luckily he was cool during these years he would win races and get more and more recognition and with more and more recognition all the VIPs who had big money would befriend him including the Baraka family and this is a fucking cool story. So, settle down. The Barakas had lost a son during World War One, who was a really good fighter pilot. During one dogfight he downed some fighters from Stuttgart and decided to adopt the Stuttgart emblem as his own. A powerful black horse standing on its hind legs. And the, the Baraka family loved ferrari so much and because they'd lost their son they said why don't you take the emblem that he had on the side of his plane and put it on your cars oh. and this is the origin of the ferrari logo oh wow. which i'm sure you can picture in your head is the black horse standing on its hind legs yeah porsche have the same oh do they mm,
1: porsche have the same of course right oh that's amazing i did not know that
0: yeah, I thought that was a, such a fascinating little story.
1: That is a good story. I like that. That's heartwarming as well. Like yeah. they're like, look, that was our son's emblem. We want you to like carry it on.
0: Mm. And now it's known all over the world, and it's because their son was fucking gr- really good in the air. I think he down like thirty four. So that, other planes, they
1: they almost like so the, the Ferrari logo, like the prancing horse. That's not just like you know a company logo. That's like Enzo's actual like emblem yeah that's him when you see that prancing
0: so horse, he had that before like the ferrari brand even existed
1: yeah because i've seen i've seen pictures um obviously when i've been like trying to do some social media uh, pictures for this episode i've seen him in uh, an alfa romeo with the prancing horse like on the side of the car
0: yeah it's enzo's logo
1: oh, it looks so cool oh, i think that's amazing
0: yeah really cool it's not just a another brand it's nice it's got meaning behind it yeah Uh, And Enzo was doing so well in these races that he was knighted by Mussolini himself. Oh, really? Didn't even know Mussolini had that power to knight people. Apparently he does. I didn't know they had knights. No, just knights of fascism, I guess. Well,
1: no, uh, Mussolini's whole thing was he wanted to reinstate the Roman Empire, so maybe they're like some big gladiator or something now.
0: Yeah, I would like that. You are now a gladiator. That's awesome. gladiator
1: of... Italy, or something, the Roman Empire. Oh, that's
0: so much better than being a knight, a fucking gladiator. Yeah, that'd be so cool. In 1929, Scuderia Ferrari was founded as sort of a side project funded by Alf Romeo, and it was ran by Enzo, obviously. Ferrari won 8 out of 22 races, and Enzo, at this point, 31 years old, married a woman called Laura who enjoyed meddling with his cars and disapproving of him racing. Enzo's head was turned by a 19-year-old named Lena, who became his mistress. 1931 saw Enzo's last race, where he finished second, his wife, Laura, fell pregnant and he realised he didn't want his child to be born without a father because, obviously, he lost his father quite young and didn't want his child to go through that. So he packed in racing because it was far too dangerous. Oh, God. Yeah. Enzo's son was born Alfredo, or Dino for short, and was born with a muscular disease that led to severe disability. And Enzo doted on his son and tried to make his life as easy as possible. But going back to the um, racing being dangerous, it's I think F1, even nowadays, is still the most dangerous sport on Earth
1: yeah and that like even that they've done so much to uh, make that sport safe so like um, you see them when they crash and they do like Mm. the cars do all these flips right you see all that stuff and debris just coming off the car that's supposed to happen um all of it's supposed to mo- almost like immediately just like uh dismantle or just come off the car and all that should be left really is the canopy that the driver sat in and apparently that's like the safest yeah. thing to be in because uh, if you've still got the mm. wheels and all that sort of stuff attached to the car that could then like get shunted into the canopy and like stab you through your legs yeah. and all that sort of stuff it's almost supposed to dismantle when it crashes um and even mm. then i love f1 at the minute oh it's brilliant isn't it i i i quite like um I quite like me. I just
0: I find it amazing how they can crash at what, hundred and fifty, two hundred miles an hour. Yeah, and they can walk away.
1: Oh, it's scary, isn't it? Like, I, I, when you're driving at like just a hundred, and you think, "Oh, I'm going a bit fast," and you're like, "They take that? They take a corner at a hundred mile an hour?"
0: Yeah, it's so. But then last season there was the crash of Grosjean. Did you see it? Where his car split in two, and he went through a barrier, yeah. and he was sitting in fire for. Oh, quite a while yeah. and everyone was looking at it the race was like flagged off everyone was looking at it going he's dead there was no possible way a human being can survive that because his car split in two he went through a barrier they didn't know if he'd been like decapitated if he was like burning to death mm. and then all of a sudden you just see this figure just appear out of a fireball and he just gets out Yeah, and it honestly it's a miracle and all, he had burns to his hands and to his feet and that's, that's it. it it's fucking crazy that crash what 10 years ago dead easy oh yeah i mean all all the suits
1: now are flame retardant so they can withstand quite a mm. bit but i think because that came from um uh is it N- nikki lauder the um guy who used to work for uh yeah, mercedes yeah he
0: um he again his famous season against james hill yeah. they were having a, f- a season against each other and there was a race in nürburgring in germany which is a notoriously dangerous track and it was really pissing down with rain yeah. And Lauda wanted it called off because it was too dangerous. And James Hill was like, "No, no!" And he got all the other drivers to say no as well. And then one driver, I think, like might have crashed before. And then there was a big crash on race day, and Lauda was like engulfed in flames, and he had to get his lungs pumped of smoke. Everyone was like, "His career's over!" And then he made it back into the fucking car that season. I love
1: that. So, and obviously, he's he's he was he's obviously unfortunately passed away since, but. um, yeah, even like up until a couple of years ago, he still just shows up for the track for Mercedes all the time with his hat on and like just like that entire yeah, side of his face. He was a big part in
0: getting Lewis Hamilton to Mercedes. That's right. Yeah, um,
1: there's a really good film about that with um, Chris Hemsworth and is it Chris Bruhl
0: Yeah, it's called. Um, oh fuck, what's it called? Uh,
1: it's yeah. Rush. Rush. That's it. Great film.
0: Hmm. And, and then you uh, get Senna as well, who uh yeah, yeah Senna. Passed away and a driver died on the day before him as well it's one of them sports that no matter how good you are you, there's a high chance you'll die
1: oh god yeah just one wrong corner and that would be it so it was yeah, it was so they, dangerous just then in like the the 70s 80s even today it's really dangerous in in uh enzo's ferrari's day
0: you didn't even have oh like yeah seat the cars belts. were still like they're just testing what the fuck a car is at that point yeah it's just a fast <laughs> Not- go-kart like I've sent Ryan a picture of Enzo in his uh in one of his racing cars, and oh god, he's yeah. just sitting there with a massive steering wheel just out in the open. He's practically no sat door. on it. Yeah, he's sat on yeah. it. Yeah, he's not even in it. It's it's fucking crazy. And like if we're, if we're if
1: we're honest, the 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 tires on the car are just big fat bicycle tires.
0: They're bike wheels. Yeah, it's absolutely mad how far the sports come, but. Mm. Like, fair fucking play to these pioneers who went through all that shit at the start to get it to where it is now. Oh, God, yeah. Where was I? So this is where we see the first rivalry emerge with Maserati, who opened up a workshop in Bologna and Medina, very close to Ferrari's base. Maserati stole Ferrari's best driver, a man called Nivellari, and Mm. Maserati seemed almost unbeatable hay would turn up at ferrari's hq as a joke that they ran on donkey power instead of horsepower <laughs> i like that <laughs> it became like a massive war because obviously we see that obviously in formula one nowadays we see like rivalries between uh manufacturers um mm-hmm. ferrari at the minute is like not as good as it should be but it, it's there's a lot of beef there a lot of beef Enzo and Alfa Romeo took to work in producing cars to beat Maserati and they did a bloody good job and Alfa Romeo officially absorbed Scuderia Ferrari. However, in 1939, Enzo quit Alfa Romeo and signed a contract stating he would no longer use the name Ferrari for any car-related business. He started a company called AAC and it didn't really go very well and his cars couldn't really keep up. However, at this point, World War II kicked off, which seems to be a running thing in our episodes. Like People are living (laughs) a life then all of a sudden, World War II. Yeah. Uh, he, well, and obviously in World War Two, all car manufacturers were expected to help the war effort, and generally those running it wouldn't have had to go and fight themselves. So Enzo didn't have to go and fight; he was just the leader of a, a manufacturer who was helping the war effort. Mm. And the war was weird for Italy. I won't go into the history of World War Two because I think we've done it too much. But obviously they kind of surrendered pretty early. Mussolini was ousted, and Northern Italy became a battleground for different political and relig- uh, religious groups to rise up. And the communists really did not like Ferrari due to him generally supporting fascists. And therefore, he had to pay the communist Jews for owning the land. In 1944, however, the communists had enough of Enzo and issued him with a death sentence. A man who was charged with collecting the money from Enzo went to get him to kill him. And Enzo seemed just really in a bad way, but he wasn't scared. Apparently, he was just really fucking pissed off that this was happening. Because he was like, I just want to make cars. That's all I want to do. Like, this is fucking annoying. And they thought, okay. So they came up with a compromise. If Enzo could donate 500,000 lira, which is $600,000 in today's money, they'd let him live. They gave him 12 days to get this, and he got it. So he bought his freedom.
1: I wonder how he got it. He became
0: very... Sorry? I wonder how he got it. Oh, Christ knows. He must have taken out all the loans in the world, sold things. He also became very useful and would often hide communist documents and at one point smuggled out a mayor in his car. He was basically a driver for the resistance. So oh. the mayor was a fascist mayor but he was a double agent for the resistance and Enzo would drive him back and forth. Wow. If he got caught, he would have been killed.
1: Yeah. Well, good job he's a quick driver, isn't it? Yeah,
0: you can't catch him. He <laughs> can't catch him. Ferrari's factory was bombed twice by the Allies during the war.
1: Yeah, no, fair enough. I
0: mean, like... Uh, when you
1: mentioned about how uh, car manufacturers were there to help the war effort, you you mentioned earlier about um, Porsche. Porsche famously uh, helping to make the Tiger Tank and uh, Mm -hmm. the VW uh, Beetle.
0: Yeah, if we get into all the companies that helped specifically the Nazis, there's fucking loads of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think... um vw was their volkswagen was a huge one i think uh when we because met... um, hitler really liked cars as well hitler was a big car man mercedes i think was involved hitler likes mercedes oh yeah
1: yeah he had like the six wheel mercedes didn't he mm. um and, big fan and so yeah they used to like offer him cars and stuff but yeah he was the one that came up with the volkswagen the people's car um and it yeah. was like i want ferdinand porsche you're going to make this he's like okay i'm gonna make this for you and then obviously if, yeah you don't have a choice at that point yeah do you? and also Porsche was making tanks as well um, but I, I, I think we mentioned I'm not sure if we did or not and when we talked about Mengele like way way back mm. um, check out Mengler. we've got two parts on that um, his family's
0: his family had like a tractor company
1: or something and yeah, they, yeah, they yeah.
0: still make stuff now yeah you can still get like gardening supplies and uh, land supplies from I think it's Mengler and Sons or something yeah <laughs> Yeah. That's fucking mental. Isn't it? Like oh what's that? Oh that's just I've got a Mengele in the garden. This bloke is one of the worst war criminals ever. And you can fucking buy things from his family's company, Man. which funded his escape by the way. Yeah. And, like sent him money in Argentina. Yeah. They're not innocent. No, no. Good god. It's I cr- I th- I don't know if we spoke about it before, but um Obviously, Hugo Boss designed the Nazi uniforms. Allianz Insurance gave Auschwitz building insurance and gave the guards life insurance. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Um, Fanta was a product of Nazi Germany. That was because uh, the Americans had like a,
1: a trade uh, ban on Germany, and Germany was a big uh, Coca-Cola fan. They loved Coca-Cola, mm. and then when they were banned, when Coca-Cola was banned, obviously they couldn't try, they couldn't import it into the country. Uh, Then they had to try and make something else, and that's how they made um, Fanta.
0: Yeah, and I think Fanta's better, so. Yeah, I would say so. I'm not going to give the Nazis credit, but I like Fanta. (laughs) But yeah, there's loads of stories like that Mm. of things coming out of war, companies. uh, The company, I forget what they're called, but the company that made the gas to go into the gas chambers in the Holocaust, they still operate now. Brilliant. I love that. Which? Fucking what how. I think they made rat poison or things like that. They still operate now. You can fund this company. Amazing. It's mental I'm sure at one point as well we'll do episodes on all the Nazi scientists that basically put a man on the moon for America. Oh right, yep, yep, yep. Because because without the Nazi scientists, America would not have landed on the moon. They just went and went, We'll take you, you, you're smart, you're smart. We'll absorb you of everything everything you've done will absolve you. Like no issue, no worries, just come and work for us. Operation paperclip. Yeah, it's fucking... Oh, I don't know if... Touched. It's not ethical, at the very least. Yeah, it's fair. I suppose you got to do what you got to do, haven't you? So, Ferrari. Let's about Nazis. Nazis come up a lot. After the war, uh, do you remember his mistress, Lena? Yeah. He had a child with her. And he also reclaimed the name Ferrari and became uh, became a manufacturer under that name. He'd have a lot of success in future Grand Prix's due to his ingenious engines, and he soon began beating Alfa Romeo fairly uh, comfortably. In 1949, they would win 30 competitions out of the 49 they were taking part in. That's ill. So they were fucking dominating. Yeah. In 1950, we see the first ever Formula One race in Silverstone, England. Great track. Ferrari, however, didn't take part. He didn't think they were ready. He wanted to go in when he knew they would win. Which seems reasonable. Ferrari, right. however, at this point had really pissed off Alfa Romeo, and they pissed them off so much they couldn't keep up anymore. So Alfa Romeo declared they would not be a racing team anymore and just fully threw in the towel. Holy shit! They they <laughs> just couldn't beat
1: Ferrari. Imagine being that good that the other team is just like, nah. Do you know what? I'm not working not be work- it. especially
0: not. your old employers. Yeah, that's the best bit. I, I think it's just wonderful just wonderful everyone's got those images in their head i don't know where you work whether you enjoy your job you don't enjoy your job of just doing something so great that you, one day you can go back to your old managers and be like look what i've done
1: mm.
0: look yeah. how great i am i have this is so weird but i have um sometimes think about it if i like had enough money i would buy the company me and ryan used to work for uh, i can't say it for reasons because i still technically work for them i don't know about them and i would i would uh, buy it and i would go to our old managers and i would just be so fucking smug <laughs> i would be I, I would just sit in the office and just watch them do their job and just be really smug just <laughs> not even say anything just sit there yeah and occasionally just pipe up with a what are you doing Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That's the worst thing a
1: manager can ask you is what are you mm. doing? And you know Because like, the amount oh. of
0: fucking times I've been asked that question
1: <laughs> And they uh,
0: best come back with a bloody good answer.
1: Yeah. What what are you doing? Um and you know you doing you were doing something productive. Like there's no reason to ask me anything. I've no reason to be uncomfortable by this question. But the fact that you've asked, I now feel really uncomfortable and I now don't know what I'm doing.
0: Hmm. Because sometimes I'd walk into the office and nothing was going on.
1: Yeah. They just sit
0: there. (laughs) I once saw the big boss, I won't mention names, the big boss during the World Cup just sitting there watching football. And I thought, I want to sit there watching football, but I can't. I I did watch football during my shows. Oh, yeah, same. I would get my phone out, especially on Judge. Just have it leaning and watch football. I remember when Germany got knocked out of the World Cup and a German school group came through. And obviously they hadn't Uh, realised yet, so I told them. I remember you telling me on the day it happened. Honestly, so great, so great. I don't know if they understood English, but they look sad. I just—I was the one that killed their dreams. <laughs> Hilarious. Where was I? Enough about me buying a multi-billion-pound company. Billion, hundred million, nah, million. You need a lot of money. Where was I? I'll do this thing. I've said it before. I need to highlight as I go. So, he, yeah. he, Alpha Romeo gone. Bosch, fuck off. Ferrari would dominate the F1 during the early 50s and this meant that his regular road legal cars were very sought after because obviously if you see a car dominating um Formula 1 races and all of that you're you're going to want to buy it you're going to want a piece of that action. Oh yeah, you want you want that car. It's it's a mm. statement. Because but then I say that, I look at F1, and I don't I'd, I wouldn't turn down a Ferrari, don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't Oh, Aston Martin's a team now though, and I'd love an Aston Martin. I think that's my dream car. We'll get onto this at the end. I was going to ask you like dream cars and stuff, so think about that. Okay. Oh, oh, no, I've, I've got like three or four, but I'd love a McLaren. I'd definitely take a McLaren. There's a Mac- right. Okay, so a good friend of mine. Uh, there's a McLaren dealership right by her house, and well, you- honestly, sometimes I will just go and stare into the window. Yeah. And I'll just look at these cars and think, fuck, how? where do I have to be in my life to purchase one of these? Because you very rarely see a McLaren on the road. In, in fact, I don't think I ever have.
1: Uh, I have, but yeah, you're right. They're so ver- they're very rare.
0: They're inc- beautiful, beautiful cars. They're stunning. But the thing is, one of them that I'll be scared to drive it. I wouldn't want it to get wet. I wouldn't want it to get dirty. I'd just live in the garage and look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Nice cars. So, yeah, we'll get on to favourite cars at the end. Mm. In 1956, he lost his son Dino at the age of 24. He obviously had the um, muscular diseases. Oh, and so. this would change Enzo. He became very short-tempered and quite introverted, and he'd never remove his sunglasses in public. So if you see a picture of old Enzo Ferrari, he'll be wearing his glasses. Oh, do you know what? Uh, and this was because he was in mourning. Every t- Every time
1: now... Uh, as i mentioned earlier right when i've been trying to do like the socials uh finding pictures of the guys that we talk about so now i could post them on social media and whatnot i cannot find a picture of enzo ferrari without glasses on and i found it so infuriating i'm like
0: why does this guy yeah. never take off his glasses and now i know yeah in the early days obviously there's a he doesn't but yeah during his older older days that's really sad always wearing glasses and he stopped going to the theatre, he stopped attending races, he just really fell in on himself. Oh, wow. He became a bit of a recluse. Oh. Uh, and in later life, he admitted to, uh, I think as a journalist, that he went up to a cliff with Dino shortly before he died, and he really contemplated just hugging him and jumping off a cliff together. Oh, wow. Yeah, but the only reason he didn't is because he had his other son. That's
1: incredible. I like, really
0: love that yeah. boy. Oh yeah, he doted on him, absolutely doted on him, because um, Dino would help him in the garages, he was a really handy mechanic, so he was heavily involved in the business as well. Oh bless, that's such a shame. Yeah, and this turned Enzo into a bit of a dictator apparently at work, he was uh, became a bit of a nightmare boss. Oh bless. Yeah, but with good reason, with good reason. Enzo's wife Laura enjoyed meddling in Ferrari's business and this pissed off his managers and they threatened to leave if Laura wasn't removed. Instead one manager was removed from his position and many others walked out in protest. Around this same time Ferrari was getting quite a lot of bad press particularly because his cars were seen to be unsafe at races claiming the lives of quite a few drivers. Uh, One of them took place in Monza which is probably the main racing track in Italy, Mm. where a bad crash happened. It claimed the life of a Ferrari driver and 14 spectators. Because this is back in the time where spectators could just stand on the fucking side of the track. If you go back to even like, I want to say 1980s, maybe 1990s, the photographers, you know, on like a Formula One track, you have grass surrounding the track on certain bits. They'd just lie there on the grass next to the track. If a car goes off that track, you're dead. They would just lie there taking pictures. That's what freaks me out about Rally.
1: Yeah, they're so close. They still do it now in rallying. There's a photographer. If
0: a car goes into you, that's it.
1: The photographer is literally in the middle of the dirt track that this car is hurtling down towards you. And they're still standing there, like mm. taking pictures. And you see him, like, there's about, I don't know, 30, 40 people all in the track, just like looking at this car come towards them and like you know 70 mile an hour dirt road with hardly any mm. traction and then they all disperse as
0: the car comes so close to them you think how is that still allowed it's crazy all it's going to take one big accident uh for that to be cancelled yeah yeah shock him but yeah claimed the life of 14 spectators so he was under a lot of trouble and on uh one day a humble tractor driver came to get his tractor repaired at one of enzo's workshops and enzo which happened to be there And he attempted to give Enzo some advice on how they could make their clutches better. And obviously, being quite a proud man, Enzo was just like, what? So he told him to leave the cars to him and he should go back to his tractors. So the guy kind of took this as a personal challenge. So he went away and gathered a large team of engineers and they realized that Ferrari was using the same clutches as their tractors but with a much higher cost yep. so the engineers and the the tractor driver realized they could make a shit ton of money selling overpriced parts if they were in sports cars and the driver tractor's name was Lamborghini yeah what? this is how Lamborghini started because Ferrari pissed him off oh, i love that it's one of my favorite car brands oh Lamborghini is amazing they've got is it the, the bull is there
1: yeah, logo. The Prancing Bull or something. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah.
0: Lamborghinis are such nice cars. Whenever you see one out and about, your head will turn. Yeah. I mean that's the whole
1: point of them, isn't it? And and it seems even at the beginning, he's like, Oh, I'm I'm gonna start making like just stupidly overpriced cars that look cool.
0: Yeah, just to make money, because it's the same parts, but because it looks cool, you can sell it for ten times.
1: Yeah, that's so good. I love a Lamba.
0: Yeah. Obviously, uh, Lamborghini doesn't really take part in races, um, but in terms of road cars, it's quite a big competitor for for, uh, Ferrari. Mm -hmm. So, this is where I got my inspiration for this episode, the Le Mans 24-hour races. If you haven't already, watch um, Le Mans 66, I believe it's called, uh, with Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Really good film, really good film. It's about Ford versus Ferrari, which we'll get onto a bit now. And these races, Le Mans 24-hour races, are exactly what they say on the tin. It's a race that lasts for 24 hours. And the cars, uh, the drivers will just keep swapping. They'll pull in. They'll repair the cars. It won't be like a Formula 1 pit stop in 66. You'd go there and people would come out and take a lot of time over the cars. And the drivers would go off and have a nap. And other uh, drivers would hop in. That's generally how they work. Mm. And Le Mans races go on now. Yeah, they're really um, cool. Really cool. I don't know how people are. Honestly, it takes so much work. but But yeah. Around this time, Ford was losing a shit ton of money, and they needed a way of getting sales back on track. So they approached Ferrari for a partnership, uh, but Ferrari wanted to keep, like, the soul. He wanted to be the head honcho, and and he realised he wasn't going to get that, so he eventually told Ford to fuck off, and this really pissed uh, Henry Ford, the second off Henry Ford's son. Yeah. We'll probably do an episode on Henry Ford at some point as well, because he's, like, the godfather of affordable cars. Um... And Ford realized if they could win Le Mans, then they would have the world interested in their cars again. And also they'd be able to get one over Ferrari. However, it's very important to recognize at this point, Ferrari don't lose Le Mans races. They dominate every year without fail. They'll beat everyone. Mm. So it's quite a big challenge to undertake. And Ferrari wasn't worried. Ford hired Carol Shelby, a renowned driver and engineer, oh, yeah. and Ken Miles with the same accolades. Shelby, which you might know because there's the, the Shelby cars yep. out, uh, was the name people knew. And Miles was sort of the wild card, and he would be the one doing the driving, while Carroll Shelby would be uh, the head of it all, the Shelby Ford company. Yeah. And he, uh, Ken Miles was fucking good. However, Ford didn't like Miles because he was a wild card. He would say what he wanted. If the car was shit, he would go up to like the owners of Ford and say, your car is shit, let me do this. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they, they hated that. They really didn't like it. So they tried to get him out. But obviously, Carol Shelby knew that this is the man for the job because he would just get in a car and tell you as is. He's one of these people that can get in a car, turn it on and tell you exactly what's wrong with it.
1: Oh, yeah, I, it reminds me of um, in the film Rush when uh, Nicky, Loud- yeah. Nicky Loud is the, is suppo- like gets in the car with that lady. There's a scene he gets he's in the car with a woman and he's like, oh yeah, your, your uh, front right brakes are, are not you need them changing or something she's like how can you tell mm. that and he just just knows like he's just getting a
0: car and just feels it all i love that it's so cool i don't know if this is made up or if it's true but i think nikki lauda is one of the only people that told enzo ferrari why his car was bad and enzo listened no that's so good Cause I, th- I think yeah I'm pretty sure I might have made that, up, but I know that Lauda had some problems with Ferrari and they kind of just changed the car because on his say so. I find that crazy that people can get into cars and just know what's wrong. Because obviously nowadays you get into car and all these warning lights pop up and you sit there crying because you don't know what's happening.
1: Yeah, that's it. Isn't it? It's, uh, it's like with, with, with when you say, mentioned Carol Shelby, uh, the, um, famous now, the Shelby Mustang. Yeah. Um. And apparently, like Carroll Shelby was someone who'd like he just looks at an engine. And just like almost can like smell what's wrong with it. Yeah, I love it. I love people yeah, that the just love cars. Yeah, I, this is the heads. thing.
0: I really like cars, but I've never been in a position to buy one myself. I passed my uh, test seven years ago now, mm. and I just for one reason or other just never had one. So I'm one day I will.
1: Yeah. No, I I adore cars. I I've I've watched Top Gear since I was like ten.
0: Yeah, I used to watch every Sunday night with my parents.
1: <laughs> yeah. Even grand tour now I, I adore cars and my cousin's a mechanic yeah. and me and him will just sit there and just go in his car and he's doing it up or you know looking at mine and oh it's brilliant absolutely yeah. I, lo- I live for it
0: yeah well, the cars are cool they are cool so they were Ford wanted Miles out um, so they didn't take him to their first Le Mans outing which they lost so the car came back and they agreed that okay so Miles can come in and, and do this so, Shelby became Ford Shelby, kind of a sister team to Ford. So, you had the main Ford team, then you had... It's still Ford, but Shelby was overseeing it. It's kind of like in um, Formula One nowadays, you've got Red Bull, and then Alpha AlphaTauri, which is still Red Bull, just a different team, owned by the same people. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And in
0: 1966, they took their Ford GT40 Mark One to Le Mans 66. If you haven't looked at a Ford GT before, look up a Ford GT, because those cars are fit. And... In Le Mans 66, they fucked Ferrari up. They pl- uh, they placed first, second, and third, all the Fords. And Ken Miles oh, yeah. was miles, if you are pardon the pun, ahead of the others. Oh, yeah. <laughs> However, to get a picture, what they wanted is they wanted all three Fords to cross the line together. So they forced they Miles to slow down. And because of the way Le Mans starts, they don't all start in a row. They have to run to their cars and they yeah. start like staggered times. And because of this, Ken Miles didn't win. But everyone knows Ken Miles won that race, but he didn't win. Uh, so that was kind of shit for him. And Miles said, "Yeah, well, I'll come back next year. I'll dominate everyone again. No problem." However, he died soon after '66 in an accident testing a new car. Ah, oh, that sucks, man. Yeah. Uh, these
1: people, like you mentioned it before, really were.
0: These guys are pioneers in the motoring. Yeah, for sure. They and were. racing. I want to say they walked so we could run, but they ran so we could go to the shop. Literally, right.
1: yes, so that we could just you know pop to the pop to the shop.
0: Yeah, because it's I it's the same with planes and stuff as well that all every form of transport at some point someone's just had to have been like fuck it I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, and without those people that just went fuck it, um, you you probably wouldn't have it as it is. Now. No, um, no, I love that. And I, I I think I is it the GT40 is the sixty six Le Mans car, isn't it? It's yeah. Called the GT40, and I think the forty is because it was forty inches high.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that.
1: Like people, people have televisions that if you st- stood it on its side is taller than that car. Yeah. I couldn't get it, in it.
0: Honestly, when I was younger, I don't know why I was I loved Ford GTS, and I declared it as the car that I've always wanted. So when I'm rich, I probably will get one, but. Honestly, really, really nice cars. And in 1967, Ford won again. And in fact, Ferrari has not won a Le Mans race since. Oh, really? Yeah, that was that. For them, unfortunately, Ford kind of took over. Um, However, Ferrari was still great in Formula One, which is probably the biggest racing, I don't know what the word is, calendar of the year. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure Americans will disagree, I'm sure they'll say NASCAR or whatever, but I think in terms of the world, Formula One is the one you want to be dominating. Oh, yeah. And Ferrari yeah, needed investment, so they turned to Fiat, the first people who turned down Ferrari for a job when he was a young boy, or man, uh, and they gave them 2 billion liras in exchange for 50% of Ferrari's shares, and they wanted all of Ferrari's engine's designs. Ferrari was fine with the day-to-day being run by Fiat. He didn't really give a shit about the sales of the cars because all he gave a crap about was racing. He always said that all he wanted to do was create a good racing team and good racing cars and everything else that came with it is kind of just collateral. Mm. He he knew that he had to sell road cars to fund his business, but he didn't give a shit. He didn't care. He put all of his time into F1 and collected many victories and successfully secured the accolade as one of, if not the most successful racing team of all time, because obviously... If you think of racing drivers that come to mind now, most people say Michael Schumacher, and he was famous for Ferrari. Um, yeah. Senna, I believe, was McLaren, I want to say. I might be the wrong.
1: I, I, I think so, yeah. I, wouldn't know. I might be wrong on that.
0: Lauda, I think, was Ferrari. But yeah, yeah lots, Ferrari. Of, lots of famous Ferrari drivers. Mm. In his 80s, Enzo started to slow down and was awarded many awards in Italy for his services to his country and to his sport. And when his wife, Laura, passed away, Enzo could actually give his son, Piero, who he had with his mistress, the surname Ferrari. He could recognise him as his son. And he was put onto the board of directors at Ferrari, and eventually he took over from his father. The last car to be made under Enzo's watch was the Ferrari F40, which I've sent Ryan a picture of, which is probably the most famous Ferrari, and in my personal opinion, one of the greatest cars of all time. It's pretty sweet, yeah. It's just... Basically, if you don't know what we're thinking of, think of um, Hot Wheels. If ever you've had a Hot Wheels Ferrari, that's an F40. I
1: I was literally about to say, a Hot Wheels car is what comes to mind when you look at it.
0: Yeah, it was designed off the F40. It's such a nice car. It's so fun. So, yes. On August 14th, 1988, Enzo passed away. Uh, And he is survived by his son, Piero. And this is where I um, sent Ryan another picture. It's quite funny. If you know the footballer, Mesut Erzil, who is a German footballer, currently plays Fenerbahce, but he's won a World Cup, he played for Madrid and Arsenal. He looks exactly like Enzo Ferrari. Like, it's ah. scary. And they both have distinctive features of big eyes and facial yeah. shape, same hair. Uh, Mezzo Erzil was born two months after Enzo passed away. So... I don't want to say it's like reincarnation, but Christ, <laughs> they look exact. No shape. Yeah it's, oh yeah, it's the eyes, mainly. It's the eyes, isn't it? It is the eyes. They have In distinctive fact, eyes. Think fish eyes.
1: Yeah, they're famous for their eyes, aren't they? Uh, Mesut Erzo especially yeah. is famous for his eyes. Uh,
0: famously, his eyes are offside. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is um, young Ferrari. Obviously, you can't really see his eyes behind his sunglasses. No, no,
1: of course Um, I love that And then uh, next to it, James We've got a picture of uh, the Ferrari Enzo Which was created Yeah And named after him It was supposed to be their Like, uh, was it de uh, Resistance Like their mm. amazing car And they've, they've named it after its owner And I like that And I think yeah. it looks awesome The Enzo Ferrari I remember when I first saw the Enzo Ferrari uh, mm. As a kid The Ferrari Enzo And I was like That looks so cool It's such a cool looking car
0: they are. Just Ferraris are just really... They're just really, really nice cars. Poster boy stuff, innit? it? Yeah, for sure. If you had the money... Like, my dad always says if you had the money, you wouldn't buy a Ferrari. But I probably would, just to say you've got a Ferrari. Oh, yeah, just
1: to say you've got it. 100%. Just to say you've got it. Do you remember because, um, when you were younger, you used to get, like, these posters of, like, art cars. And they had, like, massive fat wheels. And they were, like, all crunched in on each other. It's like, really artistic-looking... Do you remember that? No. Oh, I used to get these posters and it's just like really, really cool looking cars, like famous ones like Lamborghinis and Porsches and they're all like, the art styles, like they're all small, crunched up and they had massive mm. wheels on them and they just look the bomb. And I remember like seeing some Ferraris on there as well. I was like, oh, that looks so cool in their famous red eh.
0: Yeah, the bright red. So, what's your top cars?
1: Okay, so I'm a massive Porsche fan. Really? yeah i'm a big porsche fan i've
0: never seen the appeal of of porsches myself uh, i i
1: cannot really tell you why uh but apart from the boxster i've never looked yeah. at a porsche and gone i don't like that every single one that's of fair. them i'm like that's nice I they're like very that.
0: like nippy little cars
1: oh there's just yeah there's it's one of those like, that there's, there's a thing about like german cars and they like, famously german engineering right everything about it is so reliable and it just looks good and it's kind of understated but you know that would beat you in a race i like that Mm. understatedness but then on the flip side uh, that's why i really like lamborghinis because they are the flamboyant just like i have a lamborghini and you're all gonna know as i drive down the road everyone stops and looks
0: that's a very look at me car Uh,
1: yeah uh and then uh (laughs) So yeah, it's, uh, the Lamborghinis, the McLaren I mentioned, a, uh, but only like only recently, like the newer McLarens, um, they look cool. But do you know what my number one car is? It's what? It's the the, the Nissan Skyline from uh, Too Fast Too Furious.
0: I didn't expect Nissan to come up, but I know exactly
1: what you're talking about. Exactly. And I'm telling you now, if any, anyone listening who has seen that film or just knows about cars knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say it's the Nissan Skyline. Brian's Nissan Skyline from Too Fast Too Furious at the beginning. Mm. It's, it's in silver. It's got like blue trimmings with some like blue vinyls wrapped right around it. It's got blue neon lights on the bottom and it oh, oh it is so good. And it's got the circular lights uh, on the back. Mm. It's the honestly the best looking car do you remember msn when you were a kid Uh uh-huh on msn for anyone that never had it you used to like you'd put you on it was like a chat uh like a an an early version like whatsapp but it was on your computer
0: yeah it was like an instant messaging service
1: yeah and you like put your name on it so like oh like ryan mcgown blah 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 and then loads of people could like edit it and change that and put emojis and shit like that i was so obsessed with this car i put like ryan mcgown wants a Nissan Skyline for his first car. That was my name on MSN for a little while. I was obsessed with it. And they I, are nice. I'm i not, think. I'm not afraid to say
0: it. I know that's such a nerdy thing to say. Like, that's what I did, but I I adore it. I think, for me, an Aston Martin would be the go-to. I just think they're so nice. Which one, though? Uh, maybe, like a, maybe like a DBS, DB9. Mm-hmm. What about James Bond, DB5? Yeah, that's the thing. You've got some classic uh, Aston Martins as well, haven't you, that are just... Stunners, mm. absolutely. Stu- also, I love Transformers, and um, Chevrolet bought out a Chevrolet Bumblebee, okay. which is Bumblebee. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'd probably go for that just for Transformers. Not, um, not a fan of the muscle car myself. They're just, I'm
1: not really a fan of it unless it's the the classic ones. So like uh, the '67 Ford Mustang for me is my personal like one of the best looking yeah. cars I think has ever existed. I think.
0: I think as well a Ford GT would have to be on there probably a gt40
1: mm, yeah
0: it's good um a, a ferrari f40 as well probably just because they're just so famous and i just think they're really nice uh, but interestingly like we've been talking about cars right uh the
1: way it's going now in the uk by 2030 you're not allowed to sell any petrol or diesel cars you can only sell electric cars um which is yeah it's like it's in terms of like the motor industry It's one of the biggest things to happen in its entire history, I would imagine. Uh, Uh And so when you're looking forward, you're like, what one are you going to go for? And I'm a sucker for a Tesla. I will not lie.
0: My granddad has a Tesla. I think he's on his second one now. And they are phenomenal. Mm. It's crazy what this car can do. I remember him just sitting there being like, I'm going to let it drive itself. And we were just in a car that was driving itself. It's amazing. It's amazing. Honestly, the future is here, and the script, everything about it is just futuristic. If if and it learns as well. If Elon Musk, for whatever reason, listens to this show and
1: wants to donate uh, a Tesla to James because he's never actually owned a car, please send
0: one yeah, over. I'll take a Tesla. <laughs> I'll 100%. have one too. I'll
1: have a Model X, please. That's what i have.
0: I am curious to see how all these big car manufacturers uh, transfer over to electric. Yeah yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting coming
1: up soon so yeah i wonder how ferrari will do uh i think they'll much focus on their racing to be honest with you maybe maybe they'll stop selling cars and only do like uh an electric car once every like couple of years because it's just not cost yeah. effective
0: yeah it, i think a lot of cars aren't cost like Bugattis, they uh cost more to make than they do yeah but uh, Bugattis were made simply to prove that they could be made yes right and what nice cars they are as well. Hmm. If you've got a million quid.
1: Yeah, I, well, and more now if you want the new Chiron.
0: Yeah. I'd, I, if I had a million, I wouldn't buy a Bugatti. I, think, I don't see the point. I think there's only like
1: six Bugatti Chirons, the brand spanking new ones out. And I know, I'm and sure I know, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, owns yeah, one. Yeah, I was about to say, Cristiano Ronaldo, I believe, owns one of them.
0: Oh, to be a footballer. So, I hope everyone's enjoyed this episode about Enzo Ferrari and cars. Yeah. We do, I don't think we've ever done a car-related one before, so... We haven't. This is our first. If if you do like cars, let us know. Let us know your top five cars, what you'd get. And if you don't like cars, let us know your top five trains. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man, that's been brilliant. I, I was so surprised um, by like how much uh, Enzo Ferrari has had in his life you you mentioned at the beginning like you just assume it's just a, it's just a car guy who's into cars but mm. there's so much more to him in his life
0: yeah the bloke had a life overcame spanish flu got through two world wars contemplated suicide yeah nearly- had a mistress yeah
1: yeah had a, had a mistress nearly got killed by communists oh mate had everything yeah. in this story well excellent thanks for that <laughs> um no worries well i hope everyone uh, listening i hope you enjoyed this episode because it's genuinely fucking fascinating um yeah if if you're listening to like, any platform that allows for it I'm, I'm for the most part i believe apple podcasts is the only platform so far that we are on that allows for this please rate and review us send us five stars say hello if you fancy it tell me what your favorite car is in that comment if you'd like to uh if you're listening to us on spotify it doesn't rate or review anything but what you can do is then follow us on that and apparently that helps so if you can if you're listening to us on spotify just press the follow button and um, yeah any other platform you listen to if there's a way to review just send us a little five stars or whatever it is um next week um i've bitten off more than i can chew um next week we're talking about karl marx the father of communism
0: it's gonna be a fucking big one that it's gonna be a a doozy because i think so many people are misinformed about who Marx actually is so yeah so i've kind
1: of like i feel like i've bitten off more than i can chew in this one i i kind of want to do it justice and i don't want to miss out anything so it may even be a two-part we don't know yet but i'm currently writing it as we speak um as you're listening to this i'll be sitting there just crying learning about philosophy and stuff it's it's insane uh, so, yes, <laughs> we're going to talk about Karl Marx next week. So, um, yeah, a lot of people might get turned off by that immediately. But trust me, it, it should be OK, <laughs> I hope. Anyway, make sure you join us next week for that. Uh, if you would like to donate to the show, you can do so. You hit our Ko-fi page. Uh, there is a link to it in all of our social medias. But if you don't have that, uh, just type in www.ko-fi.com forward slash that's what people do there you can donate to the show and help support us uh, in our endeavors and yeah make sure you follow us on all the socials and whatnot and that's about it i think so yeah thank you very much for listening to this week's episode uh, we've been talking about enzo ferrari and we'll see you on the next one
0: sure